Hey, it's Living Cola. Welcome to Casualty of Love's Apologies. Each week, I'll be reading chapters from my book, C-O-L-A. This podcast is rated R for relatable. What I found when writing was how freeing it allowed me to be. My prayer is that as you listen to this story, you will find your own peace and freedom. It may be a bumpy ride, but we'll get through this together. It starts right now. Chapter 40 Take a Stand He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of loving kindness of the Lord. Psalms 33 verse 5 Growth was such a common theme. I was growing. KK was growing. School was starting back. And even though it appeared chaotic and busy with the amount of commitments I had, things finally seemed peaceful. Our routine was actually helping. KK seemed to be doing well. I was constantly reminded of how far he came and how proud I was of him. He was talking, walking, even running and making new friends. It was the happiest I could have been for him. Look at God. From being told he would never walk to having him walk home from school. We were in such a good space, I wasn't even concerned about any changes when we were set for our fall check-in. We went every six months to make sure we could stay on top of any potential changes. But again, I wasn't worried. Although I thought I was prepared for news of any changes given, how well he seemed to be doing, our latest appointment left me kind of blindsided. Facebook post, September 15th, 2009. My beautiful son, Lord, why? I'm sorry for all I've done, but that's my baby. I just don't get it. I tried to be strong. If I can't make a decision, I don't know. End post. Comparing his new fit test with the one from six months ago, it showed that there was a slight delay in his function, which may have suggested a decrease in body function. This meant the whole appointment would then be focused on the steroids. I wasn't expecting to have this conversation for at least a few more years. This was when it was hard being a single mother. I wish I had helped making these decisions. I was so confused when I looked at KK and he was happy. He was living his best life without stress or side effects. That being said, how could I have missed the delay in his function? Maybe I wasn't paying good enough attention. If I was going to take on this disease, I needed to stay on top of it. It was hard. In the end, I still wasn't ready to start on my steroids. As long as he kept running and smiling, there was no need to start treatment. We would just continue to monitor his progress. I tried to find online support groups to help me to connect to other moms who were going through the same challenges. At first, it was a bit frustrating for me because I couldn't find any other black kids going through the same thing. It felt like a very white disease. I figured it was because of code of silence in the black community, meaning we didn't talk about a lot of things that affected us out loud. Each person was left to figure things out from for themselves. Here was a whole website dedicated to support, and it was all older white women. So not only was there no black mothers, there weren't any young mothers or young single mothers. Majority of the women had their husbands to lean on. 
it was quite discouraging, but I tried to look deeper and took from it what I could. What seemed the most informative to me was I found parents on both sides of the spectrum, some that had tried the steroids and some that hadn't. There really wasn't a clear direction on which was better. Some children had no side effects, but then there were other kids who were thriving but were having to deal with the side effects. One of the greatest fears was that the steroids would cause KK to gain a lot of weight. I didn't want him to grow up feeling less than. I didn't want him to be bullied or to feel like he had to go above and beyond to hide his flaws. I didn't want him to be like me. I didn't want him to hide who he was. Outside appearance was one thing. But inside, I internalized more than I shared, and I couldn't do that to him. If he gained weight on his own, that was one thing. But to gain weight because of a man-made suggestion, I felt would be neglect on my part as a mother. So I went against the opinions of others, my family, my friends, to protect him. They said I was selfish. I asked myself this question. Was it selfish to put a child through potential side effects in hopes he lived longer? Or was it more selfish to allow him to live life the way God designed until God was ready to take him, to either heal him or take him home? I was making these decisions all on my own, and people didn't take my decisions seriously. As a single mother, my decisions were often challenged, even worse because I was young. Then it was like I really didn't know how to make any kind of decision. Regardless, I stuck to my instincts. These moments now, while I watched him walk, run, and play, were reminders that I made the right decision thus far, and it felt good. At least there was something I was good at. I think I was very overprotective as a mother. Having a son had me on alert ten times when it came to him and other girls and other girl children playing. I realized very quickly that KK was a follower. <laughs> he would just happily and innocently follow along with other kids did. I found myself having more and more conversations with him about the difference between right and wrong and how to stand his ground. He got along more with girls than he did boys. The boys were too rough and he wasn't used to them. Plus, most of the women in the building had daughters. He was the type of child that if he punched you and it hurt, he would stop crying. And then apologize for it. He had a big heart. His type of personality attracted the girls. He was so gentle. Being gentle was also a cause for concern, though. I don't know what these other parents were teaching their children, but I found myself explaining to KK he was too young to be kissing girls. I was shocked when I saw little girls playing with naked Barbies laying on top of each other, or little girls running up and kissing him on the cheek and calling KK underneath tables out of the eye of parents. I knew children were impressionable, but damn, it was far beyond what I thought two- and three-year-olds were capable of. I did the only thing I knew. I told KK, kissing girls is gross. <laughs> then I decided it was a bit too immature of a response, so I told him, kissing between boys and girls was something to be safe for when you are bigger. Until then, if a girl wants to kiss you, you say no and run away. Okay? He said, okay. I mean, I was very nervous. This meant that I had to keep an even closer eye on him when it came to girls. He seemed like such an innocent kid, and I didn't want to corrupt his childhood. KK wasn't the only boy that seemed clueless. I would watch some of the other boys run from the girls when they were called. How could I be surprised at these girl children, though, when some of the women joke about how their kids see them having sex or 
watching big people movies with kissing scenes. I was so caught off guard with this kissing thing, though. I always thought of it as something I would have his dad talk to him about before I ever had to get involved. This, again, was a self-reminder that I played both roles, mother and father. It was my responsibility to ensure he understood right from wrong, and he understood how to respect women without objectifying them. Even if a woman played temptress, he had to be mentally disciplined to respect himself as well as her. This was a very important lesson for me to teach him. I wished he had more positive role models, male, in his life, but... I mean, at least he had Romeo, who offered to help in some of these areas. I know he basically said the same things I said, but it was nice to have that reinforcement. Things were also going good for Romeo. He had just started school downtown, and I was so proud of him for finishing high school and deciding to move on. He never thought of himself as much or that he could accomplish anything, but he was now challenging that narrative of his old self to become someone new that he was also proud of. Undecided major, but hey, at least he was doing it. He had dropped most of his extracurricular activities and was focusing on creating a career for himself. Just like he helped me in school, I tried my best to help him get through some of the boring reading materials. Like me, though, he loved group assignments and projects that allowed our creative minds to shine. It was around the end of October when he got his first group assignment. It happened to be in groups of two and his partner was a girl. Great, here we go again. He reassured me that I had nothing to worry about, yet my mind and spirit couldn't relax. Since he knew I would never be okay with him working at her house, he thought it would be better to bring her to his house. It was so hard to rebuild trust. We had been doing so good for a few months, I was afraid to lose it. To ease my insecurities, he decided to keep me on the phone while they worked together to prove that he wasn't doing anything. Everything was cool until she started complaining that he wasn't doing much work. I expected him to blow her off. Like, who does this chick think she is? To my surprise, though, he said, "Uh, I'm going to go. You're really going to get off the phone with me for that chick? I'm just going to finish up my work and then I'll call you right back. Fine. Love you. Yeah, you too. I'll text you. Click. Did this nigga really not say I love you back? What, because she's there? Who is this chick? He's really trying to diss me for a white chick? We were texting at first, then it stopped. I was on edge and texted texted his brother to find out where he was, hoping to put my mind at ease. He's just working on a project, and you are being way too clingy. Relax. His brother texts back to say his room door is locked. I freaked. I must have called his phone 30 times until he answered. What, Nicola? What's your problem? Why are you bringing down my phone? First of all, what do you mean what? Since when do you answer me like that? You trying to show off because you have guests? I'm not the one. Remember that. Okay, yes. I'm sorry. What's wrong? What are you doing? Why did you stop texting me? You're crazy. We're just studying. What's your problem? Why are you being like this? I'm trying to get work done. So why is your door locked? It's not. You think I'm stupid? I know your door was locked. Listen, don't play games with me. (laughs) I'm not. Why are you laughing? You think this is funny, don't you? No, sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing, but I gotta go. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do nothing. I'm working. Fine. Click. 
I hung up the phone thinking maybe I was crazy. I was letting my insecurities and our past get the best of me. It was such an unhealthy mindset to have and such a horrible space to be in. Did I hear noises in the background? Why was the door locked? He loves you. He's not going to hurt you again. Stop thinking about this. You're driving yourself crazy. I wasn't able to function or think about anything else. I don't know how long I sat in place, but I was interrupted once he called me. Hello? Yeah, baby, what's up? You okay? Mm-hmm. Missed you. I didn't do anything, okay? You don't have to worry. I was a good boy. Okay. Baby, don't be like this. Come on. Let's enjoy the night. You eat? I'm sorry. I got the phone. But I wanted to get this assignment done. Unless you want me to fail. Maybe I should quit school. Why? Nah, I'm okay. You need to stay in school. Honestly, I don't even care about school. I'm just doing it because it makes you happy. Don't do it for me. Why not? It makes you happy, right? Yep, but I want you to do it for you, not just cousin me. It's okay. I'll just keep doing it. Okay. For the rest of the night, despite that my mind was on edge, my heart was at ease. Not even two days later, I received an email from Romeo's group partner. I don't even know how this white girl got my email. And it goes like this. Just want you to know that I was with your man the other night. It was fun. No wonder black guys prefer white girls. We're not as angry, and we know how to please your men. He doesn't want to be with you. He says he has better fun with me. We had sex once he got off the phone, and I enjoyed giving him head, and he enjoyed eating me out. You might as well just leave him now so he can be with me. I don't know what was more disrespectful. The fact that she called me an angry black woman or the fact that she says my man ate her out. That's never been his style, but then why would she say it? How the fuck did she get my email? This bitch is brave. I don't even know what to say back. Her email cut out all the possible words out of my mouth. Instead of wasting my time yelling at her, I figured I'd go straight to the source. Wonder what lie he has for me this time. So I ring him up. He answers. Hello? What did you do with the white girl the other day? Nothing. Why? Don't lie to me. Nothing, baby. Then why is she emailing me saying you guys messed around and that you ate her out? What? No, baby, I would never do that. You you have to believe me. I don't know what to believe. Why would she say it then? I don't know, but all she did was give me head, I swear. You're a liar. I don't believe you. You fucking promised me you ain't do nothing. I was a good boy. Remember that? What the fuck, Romeo? You really gonna disrespect me like that? And with a white girl? You have this bitch bold enough to email me talking about black men prefer white girls and shit. You know how dumb you got me looking out here defending your dumb ass? Fuck you. I'm done with you. You can tell your white bitch she can have you. Y'all have fun. No, baby. Baby, why? Please. I'm not I'm not lying. Please, please. Don't, don't leave me. Click. My cell phone rang off the hook, and I watched it go to voicemail with eyes full of tears. I felt so numb and confused. Wanted to talk to him, but wanted to hate him even more. My heart felt so much rage, I couldn't move. It was like I was frozen watching life happen to me. Sometimes I pressed ignore my damn self. There was at least 30 calls in a row when he realized I wasn't going to answer. Then he started calling my home phone. With 50 unanswered calls, he decided to text me. He knew I'd read them. He says, Baby, I'm not lying. 
I didn't do that. I would never do that. I don't know why she emailed you or how she got your email. Baby, you can't leave. I love you. Baby, I'm sorry. Yo, yo, answer me. You can't leave. Hello? Yo, answer your fucking phone. He calls, and I answer. Don't talk to me like that. He says, I'll talk to you however the fuck I want. <laughs> oh, yeah? Really? Bye. Click. He calls back. I ignore it. He calls a few more times, and I continue to ignore it. He texts me again. Okay, I'm sorry. I won't talk to you like that. Please just answer your phone. He calls, and I ignore the phone again. Okay, since you don't want to answer me, then I'm going to kill myself. I call him. He ignored me. I call again, then again, and again. He finally answers. But I'm so angry. All I can do is yell through tears. That's not fair. You don't get to say that to me. All you do is lie and cheat. You made me believe I was crazy. Crazy! You told me there was nothing to worry about. You have no respect for me. You hung up on me and did whatever you wanted. I hate you. You don't get to play the fucking victim. Romeo says, I think this time I'm just going to drink. Can I die from too much alcohol? I didn't mean to hurt you. And now you don't believe me. Now you want to leave me. You said you weren't going to leave. You lied to me too. You don't need to drink. Yes, I do. I'm upset. I hurt you. I'm a bad person. I don't deserve you. I don't deserve to live. You don't want to be with me. Are you going to stay with me? No. Okay, bye. Nice knowing you. Sorry I hurt you. Sorry I'm a horrible boyfriend. Bye, Nicola. Tell KK daddy loves him. Don't hang up the phone. Bye. Click. I was numb, but frantic at the same time. I tried calling back several times, and each time he ignored my call. I rushed to text his brother to check on him, but once again his door was locked. Within 20 minutes, I received a text message saying that he passed out and they were rushing him to the hospital. I sat in devastation. What kind of person am I? I pushed him too far. I know he's sensitive. I shouldn't have gotten so mad or ignored him. I pushed him over the edge. What the fuck is wrong with me? This isn't fair, though. How does he get to do what he feels? Then holds my emotions hostage. How was it fair to blame me for this shit? He promised. He promised. I hope he's okay. I don't even know what I'm going to do if he dies. What if he's dead? Oh my god. His brother hasn't texted me with an update, update yet. Fuck. I can't live like this. Why me? What am I going to tell KK? Someone else left us? I'm such a screw-up. I must have laid there for hours until his brother texts me. You need to leave him alone. This is too much for us. What? How the fuck is this my fault again? Seriously? As I sat in silence, my phone rang and it was Romeo. Hello? I'm sorry. Are you okay? Yes. I love you. I love you too. I'm really sorry I hurt you. It's okay, but I need some time to heal. Okay, how long? I don't know. Okay, I love you. Love you too. Get better, okay? I'll always love you. Me too.
Bye, baby. Bye. Hey, I'm Paula. Thank you so much for listening. It's truly been a blessing. You can find copies of this book at livingcola.com. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Please join me next week as I continue to read chapters from Casualty of Love's Apologies.